0: Good morning. Hope you're all well. Good, good. So good to see so many of you, faces that I love, know and love, many that I don't know yet, but I'm sure that I'll love when I get to know you. Uh, my name's Rachel. I'm part of the lead team here at Way, and I'm really excited this morning to be having a conversation with three wonderful people who are also part of this church at Way, Um, Last week, if you weren't here or maybe if it's your first time today, we were speaking about renewal And, and the bottom line of that is in the midst of sometimes what is our mental discomfort, struggles with our mental health, our emotional health, actually that God can break through. And bring renewal to even the darkest and most uncomfortable parts of who we are. Um, We talked about the soul being made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions, and how all of those things are in our hidden kingdom, so the part of our world that not everybody sees, but the part that God cares about as well. So I really wanted to have a conversation on the back of that with three people who have real life lived experience of highs and lows in their mental and emotional health. Um, I know that. They are a little bit nervous, obviously, because they're gonna be really open with you this morning. They're gonna bring some practical tips, but also talk about where God has met them in that journey. So I wonder if you could just give a big round of applause for Austin, Anya, and Toby. Thank you. Brill. Right, I'll give you these stools, I've got to be honest. I always feel like I'm going to fall off them. Don't worry, guys, you'll be fine. I just feel like I'm a bit unstable on here. (laughs) Right, so Anya, Austin, Toby, I'll not, you know, we could introduce you, but I would rather spend our time getting to hear a bit of your story. You're all part of Way, um, and last week, as I said, we spoke about renewal. You've all had your own I guess, complications and struggles in your mental and emotional health. Um, I know some of those may be things you've not quite broken through. For some of you, God's met you in a big way in those moments. But first of all, Austin, I wonder if you'd tell us a little bit of your story. And then just in relation to what role seeking approvals had in that as well. Because I know when we spoke, that was a big thing for you as well.
1: Hello. Hello. <laughs> Quite nervous. I'm on stage a lot, but not like this, so I'm a bit... Um... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
0: Can I just say something? That wasn't his wife, because she sat over there. So I'm just wondering who on earth that was. She got, Right? Okay, whatever. We'll move on.
1: The lady oh, with okay. the pink hair. Over there. <laughs> um, no, the pandemic brought it to a head for me, really, which it probably did for a lot of people, to be honest with you. But, um... Combined with a lot of things, um, I'd stopped sort of doing me sort of private teaching. I had to do it all over Zoom, which was um, an experience in itself. Um, Sarah, because she's a midwife at a hospital at the time, she and staffing was plummeting. She was doing like 60, 70 hours a week. Um, the kids were all off. Two of them in school, trying to homeschool them two. Two of them not, so trying to entertain them too as well. And then combined with the fact that church had to go into a broadcast scenario, so between myself, Gavin, who's over there, and Carl Maudsley, I don't think he's in, I can't see him. But Carl Maudsley, the three of us kind of spearheaded getting the broadcast on its feet, which was quite time consuming because we were learning as we were going. Um, It'd be very sort of easy for me to say that that's what caused it, but it wasn't. That just brought everything to a head really and brought a lot of stuff about approval and seeking approval. So I was very conscious about everything I was doing um, to sort of get this approval. And it forced me into counseling, which um, I don't know, probably got a few Gen Xers in the audience today, and I'm a Gen Xer, so mental health didn't exist when I was a kid. It just didn't, you just um, kind of got on with it and just had to deal with stuff. Um, British stiff upper lip or pull your socks up sort of thing. So I lost my dad when I was 12, he had a heart attack. And I don't actually remember any counselling happening or anything happening at that point. I've got a mental blank from between 12 and 14. I've got, like, tiny pockets and memories, but not much, which in itself says there's obviously something happened there, which uh, was, there's was trauma or whatever. And then um, a bit of a dysfunctional-ish relationship with my brother, who, who's quite a bit older than me. He's six, he was 16 when I was born. So when my dad died, he became this de facto pseudo sort of dad figure. Um, and as I got to know him, you get to know people's flaws as you get older. I was only 12, so my dad was still my hero at that time. So this de facto father, and things started changing. So there's a bit of a, f- a funny relationship there. I lost my mum in 2013, 2011, sorry. Um, but I did deal with that a little bit differently, obviously, because the mental health awareness thing had sort of come through. But I think the whole seeking approval thing has come through those what, basically translated to me as rejection or abandonment. Um, and I remember some priests talking about an orphan's heart or something. Um, and you don't have to be an orphan to have an orphan's heart. It just depends on kind of the rejection that you may have experienced through all sorts of things. And I know that death isn't something you can control, but the res- how you receive that can be just um, abandonment or rejection. So I think that's where some of the seeking approval came from. So I was very sort of, constantly trying to find um approval so when I was studying for sort of me me MA over a couple of years back I was writing all this music and stuff and I was getting some good feedback of people and people I was studying with were were liking what I was doing so I was getting some of this approval that I was after but it wasn't changing anything it wasn't making anything better do you know what I mean um so That's the end of my notes. (laughs) Sorry, I think I'm (laughs) towards the end of that now.
0: Yeah, uh, thanks for sharing that, Austin, because I know it's big. I know you sat behind the piano playing away, but it's very different when you have to get up and speak or you're just doing something that's out of your comfort zone. So we appreciate that. And we'll come back to you in a minute. Toby, hi. Um, Could you tell... You've got a fan as well, Toby. Like, I mean, (laughs) can I just say I didn't get wolf whistled or like... I'm glad about that. But you know what I mean? Whatever. Okay, Toby. Great to have you with us. Um, Could you tell us just a little bit of your journey that you've been on recently, and then just a bit of the impact that's had had on your mental and emotional health?
2: Thank you, Rachel, and thanks for the opportunity to be here to share. Um, I think for me it was, um, I went through a difficult relationship breakdown that was quite challenging and, for me personally, it meant also kind of changing the perceptions, the images, the the expectations of what the future could look like. You know, because you had, you know, you had this great plan and everything, and now some, suddenly you kind of the world, the way you know it, changes, you know, and, and you, you nobody prepares you for that. So for me it was really um, sitting down to try to kind of okay, what do I do now? It kind of felt a bit lost in the in the process as well. But for me, I wasn't also paying attention to the mental and emotional effect on me until my body really started telling me, look, enough, I can't keep up. I started like, you know, getting sick, you know, having crazy illnesses, you know, that were all stress-related. And that actually was part of the wake-up call for me to actually understand this whole thing is, is not just affecting me, it's affecting my loved ones. And uh, I had to you know, proactively start thinking about it. Like you know, Austin said, mental health is not something we kind of think about. You just want to crack on with it and keep going. But for me, the whole situation almost forced me to actually pay attention to that and uh, start taking proactive steps and, and really embracing God in that process to try to find myself again. And, you know, when I sit down and look back, sometimes you think, wow, I was co- actually lost myself a lot in that process, you know, without thinking about it, because it's all gradual. And it's like, you know, it doesn't happen in a day. You just wake up and you look back and you're like, who is this? You know, but it's amazing that God still has a way of finding us and bringing us back.
0: Really good. Thank you, Toby. And it, it'll be good to hear from you in a minute on how, yeah, how that came about and some of the help that you sought as well. Anya. Last but not least, to hear a bit of your story. Um, can you share just a little bit of your story just from growing up, and yeah. maybe some of how that has have affected your internal voice or your internal monologue? Yeah,
3: sure. Um, when I was younger, I, I was overweight and kids used to laugh at me at school, you know? We know that kids sometimes are quite bad (laughs) and made really bad jokes about me. And I feel like kind of took it personally, really. And I thought, like, if I'm gonna lose my weight, then I might finally fit in. And probably I could be like normal kid. And thanks to exercises and uh, growth spurt, I kind of lose uh, on my weight, but actually from being overweight, uh, it leads to underweight. In other words, from one extreme to the another one. And how did I feel in my body? Actually not comfortable at all. I had a lack of confidence when it comes to the shape of my nose, face, whatever. I, let, like, I had a lack of confidence in my personality. I've been told that I'm too loud, that my laugh is too much. <laughs> and really, I've just been thinking, I felt like I was losing control over myself and I was just asking myself, do I even know who I am? I used to believe that I was too much in weight in, in my outer appearance, and then I started to believe that the weight of my personality was too much, and that was a lie which I did not recognize before. I just feel like that sometimes how easily we think that we need to change, or that we start to think something that is wrong with us, just based on other people's opinions. I feel like that when we start to change just only based on others' opinions, we start to lose our own identity. And what I experienced as a child took a different form um, as an adult, because I didn't deal with that. Uh, I tend to over, overwork or overdo things. I've been known as busy Anya, and actually, I kind of like it, but <laughs> it seemed to me cool. <laughs> but it became a huge part of my identity, and also the relationship uh, with food didn't help me in this whole process at all. I, tend to, I tended to overeat, and feeling of shame, anger and hatred at myself uh, led to over-exercising, which wasn't really healthy. So here we go again. One extreme to the another one. The same pattern from ch- my childhood uh, led to this similar pattern as an adult. And I felt really insecure in my own identity. And those roots of shame, fear, worthlessness and rejection led to different types of behaviors. As people-pleasing, anxiety, our difficulty to say no to others, and so, and also sort of eating disorder.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Anya. Mm-hmm. I know you guys will appreciate how hard it is to be open sometimes with one person, let alone a few hundred. So, thanks for thanks for really listening in to what these guys have got to say as well. Toby, I know you mentioned part of. Uh, your kind of healing and breakthrough and just just i guess just god being with you on this journey um when we spoke before was through seeking professional help but i also know that wasn't necessarily the first step for you you know in the same way that austin said i mean you're you're a millennial like me because we're the same age Woo. but um it's not always an age thing but sometimes just maybe the church we've been raised in our background it's not necessarily the normal thing to just go and seek professional help so could you just talk to that a little bit and tell us a bit of your journey with that
2: yeah, um, I can. So, like you said, for me, it was really, it wasn't something I thought about, you know. I knew there was professional help and therapy and counseling, but for me, it kind of gave that, you know, victim mentality vibe, which didn't really sit well. And coming from a, well, I say, religious culture, um, and also, being a man, it kind of, I, I, when I mean being a man, I mean the cultural expectations of, of that. It was almost like, nah, you know, you don't need help. You need to toughen up. You need to kind of put yourself together and get your act together, you know, and, and just crack on with it. Find a way, you know, keep going. So, for me, it was it was really trying to navigate all of that. Um, I, I remember one of the pastors said to me, okay, look, Toby, I think, you know, there is an opportunity to actually go and seek professional help regarding this. And I thought, you know what? sounded a bit weird, to be honest, and, and kind of like, you know, okay, let's, let's try it. you know. Honestly, I just decided to try just to see, you know, what is this whole thing all about? And it turned out to be one of the best decisions I've, I've, I've taken, you know, in terms of actually investing in myself. And um, I really believe that God has prepared and called some people into different professional fields to be able to be a blessing to us. And I really benefited from that, you know, in terms of understanding what is going on, helping with clarity, helping with knowledge, helping with like, you know, Um, Scales and tools to actually process what is happening. Um, I would always say, I think also um, Rachel touched about this last time, there are still limitations. It's not like if you go and seek professional help that everything will become perfect. It is limited. You know, we are all limited, and I think that's where God really comes in because you have those sessions where obviously these are very helpful, and and for me it was really, really critical that I I, I got this help um, to process, and it really helped me a lot. Um, but there are also so those moments where you maybe go home, the sessions are over, you're alone by yourself, all the friends have gone, and you're just there with yourself. And the amazing thing is that, you know, you have God still to talk to in those moments, and it kind of helps you to get through that, that season. So for me, you know, it's really about going out there, seeking that professional help, forgetting what the stereotypes or expectations could be, um, how it might look, really doesn't matter, you know, get the help. and and really don't leave god out as well
0: yeah absolutely thank you um asked when we spoke this week just a little bit of your journey and and i want like i've asked austin share something around coping mechanisms because I think sometimes, uh, whether we've been diagnosed perhaps with, with a mental health disorder or whether it's just not to that level, we all have our ways of coping with things. And we don't always like to admit it. And, and it, that can look like so many different things. But I think it's important to talk about it. And Austin, if you'd just be open enough to share for you a little bit of what some of those things look like. I just wonder, because I think sometimes it's not that we've got to quote unquote normalize things, but just be aware as humans, uh, we look for ways to cope. Um, And sometimes we think we're the only ones who do that. So if you're willing to just share a little bit of that aspect of your story, I think that would be amazing.
1: Yeah, Um, there was two main sort of coping mechanisms. One was was extremely practical um, because in that pandemic time, there was a lot of stuff that I couldn't control. A lot of stuff was coming to the surface. Um, So I found myself um, cleaning the house an awful lot, Um, but recognizing now in reflection that that was also an approval thing. But the irony was, we weren't allowed visitors, so (laughs) nobody could come to the house anyway. (laughs) Four kids who uh, really don't care how clean the house is. My wife, who had been working 70 hours, who was far too tired to notice how. And a father in law who lives with us, who, um, bless him, is more concerned about how clean his car is than anything else. So there was no one except me in the house that was bothered about how clean the house was. But it was something I felt—I think I felt—I like could control. But then the other thing that started creeping in, and this—this this is what uh, Rachel was saying about normalising it, but—and it isn't normalising it, but it's—it's it's making it kind of aware because I think it's probably probably the most easiest coping mechanism because it's so accessible. And it was just drinking; it was alcohol. And it's not like I developed a problem with it. It's not like I was getting drunk every night. That kind of thing wasn't happening. But there was a certain reward mentality that was coming in. So at the end of a day, and sometimes a successful day was um, my kids were fed and managed to get them in the bath and in bed and that was a successful day sometimes and to be honest with you that's a, that's a, an accurate reflection of parenting in general i think sometimes and it's all right to say that you know what i mean um yeah no it is honestly it is it is some days are like that so it's very easy to reward yourself from that whether that's just having a glass of wine or whatever you whatever it is but it's also so easy to just go and sort of get it there's no it's you can buy it any time of the day whenever you want you know what i mean no i wasn't having anything to drink at like 8 o'clock in the morning. It hasn't gone that far. But um, I think this is, that was a big thing that I had to sort of face and realise that whilst there wasn't a problem there, the habit had, had started and the insidious nature of that kind of thing and not many people challenge you about it either because how normal is it to have a drink at the end of a day or something? It's, you know what I mean? It's not a big thing to challenge. It's not like I was going and buying drugs or something, which might alert, you know what I mean? It's a very obvious thing to challenge, but drink, it's not. It's very easy and nobody will question it. So that was one of my sort of main coping mechanisms that I had to deal with.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing that last. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, as I said, I've, I've really asked these guys to be open. Um, to the level they feel comfortable, because I know it will be helpful. Sometimes we just gotta hear people's stories, and either it helps us to reflect or it helps us to serve others well, too. Um, Anya, thanks for sharing your story earlier. Where have you got seen God breaking in this aspect of your mental health in the last year, especially?
3: Really, massively. Just for context, um, I'm just uh, gonna share with you a bit of my background. Um, I came from the Czech Republic, if you didn't recognize my accent. And, uh, but I was part of a Catholic church for 20 years uh, but didn't have a personal relationship with God. But I feel like that while God was opening the door for me, I was still being stuck and waiting on the doorstep. But when I was 21, I became part of apostolic church in City House and I finally took the step and enter to the heavenly kingdom and gave my heart to Jesus. And completely, everything completely changed. Then I decided to come to UK, here I am, studying a leadership college and just ready to find, um, to learn more about Jesus and to get to know people how they found their ready to God. Um, and the main breakthrough probably was for me when I started to do the course Keys to Freedom which is, A Keys to Freedom is like a discipleship course uh, for Christians, um, which helps you like equip you with some tools, with biblical tools, and actually like how to not only live free, but stay free. And when I was doing this course, um, I felt like God started to speak to me like the truth about myself, but not just about myself, but actually about Him, because the more we know Him, the more we know ourselves. And I always, put, I always put high expectation on myself. But then, I, but then God spoke to me, and when I say actually when, I, when God spoke to me, it means like through the prayers or through the conversation with my friends or mentor. Um, when God started to speak to me about my identity, I finally realized that my identity is not in what I am doing or how many tasks per day I've got done, but actually my identity is in Him. Our identity is not what, in what we are doing, but it is in Him. And our security needs to come from God, because if it comes from earthly things, it would be only temporary, you know. And He is here. He is here with us. And He wants the best for us. Uh, he knows us, you know. And Bible says He's greater than our feelings, and He knows everything. He promised us He would never leave us nor forsake us. And even when we even when we feel sometimes angry or really upset, it's very important that we're not gonna separate our anger from God. Because He already knows, you know. He already knows everything. He knew, he knew us before even we, we were born. And He's not frightened by any of our emotions right. nor feelings. And He really cares. He cares a lot. And God, God is a healer. Just sometimes it takes more time to heal our wounds. Sometimes He shows us some painful memories from our past, but He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that in order to feel the pain again. He does that because He wants us to see it from our mature point of view, from His point of view, to see it in His own God's eyes. Because as a child, we can't can't understand actually what we are going through. We don't know how to deal with trauma. And it's very easy, you know, like to really like forget some hurtful memories, or sometimes we push it back of our minds. But actually, if you shut your emotions down, or if you shut your hurtful, hurtful memories down, it's going to reveal one day again, just maybe in different form than we would expect. And next thing, what I really challenge myself on to be more uh, aware of self-talk, how am I actually speaking to myself? If I speak to myself that I'm unworthy, stupid, useless, you know how I'm gonna feel afterwards, probably unworthy, stupid and useless. So what if we start actually listen to what God says that, that is the truth about us? You are the child of the most high God. You are the father's daughter, you are the father's son. You are treasured, you are accepted. You are completely in Christ, and you are never too much, but always enough. Yeah, yeah, and I firmly believe like once, when we start to actually repeat those important verses and declare in Jesus' name, but then we start to believe it that this is the truth about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes what enemy does is that actually what is the truth or the strength about us, ourselves, he sometimes like twists it, yeah against us so just give you my own example a lot of people tell me that I have loads of questions that I'm such a curious person which I believe it's a good thing but sometimes the more you hear it the more you start to think actually it might be quite an an, an appropriate behavior you know but this is the gift from God you know this is your strength so don't let enemy to talk out don't let enemy to talk out what God that is the truth about you it's very important to say And I feel like that I'm I'm much better now, but obviously I still need, um, it's still something that I need to watch out for. And, but God really showed me like this kind of tools, what really helps me like to get back uh, on the track, where, to get back on the track where God designed me to be. And I believe that He, God, who is inside us is far greater than he devil who is in the world yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: really good oh, thank you. really good us um what's one of the biggest lessons that god's taught you through this kind of time in your life
1: <clears throat> um just one no like yeah <laughs> we've got time go for it <laughs> um i think again, sort of being a Gen X, I was brought up with, well, my dad never actually said it to me. My brother did. Um, and was very strong with, um, don't wear your heart on your sleeve. And I kind of must have took that on board. Now, he said that my dad said it, but I I never heard that from my from dad. But I think a big difference between what I've learned is, is opening up, but boundarying up. So I am an open book about stuff. Hopefully you've sort of felt that today a bit, but it is boundarying up as well. So with certain relationships, like my brother, it's far healthier for me that he's like an arm's length sort of relationship, so it's fine, but he's not too in my world, do you know what I mean? Um, And I think the other lesson I learned, I think, because what I was doing was when, by, about oh, Closing off, and I was trying to deal with things secretly, which I, I also think is um, a big thing that you shouldn't do. Because if something's in the dark, yeah. the, the image is distorted. It, it's, you, you create something else out of it. As soon as there's a bit of a light on it, then you start seeing more perspective. And I think the one thing you shouldn't do is deal with something on your own. So that's where, for me, counselling started bringing all this kind of things to the surface, and I was recognising that I had done that, and everything I had done was dealt with privately and secretly through my upbringing and through different things. Um, and I was papering over cracks. I was covering things up. I was trying to. I was trying to live the uh, Instagram sheen life without having Instagram. Do you know what I mean? I was trying to portray this again for approval, whatever. Um, but then. I've only started to realise that God's light can only shine through cracks. Yeah. You've got to show them. You've got to wear them. Because if you paper over everything, God's light isn't going to come through. He's not going to, people aren't going to see that in you. So be open. Yeah. Boundary up though, but be open. That's yeah. what my main lesson with it really Excuse
0: that, Austin. Thank you. Austin, I know when we spoke, uh, Austin referred to, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says strength Christ's strength is made perfect in our weakness and when we spoke about that and he was talking about how he just had these papering over these layers and layers just be feeling free to show his scars and say actually God you shine through these your strength is made perfect through these so thank you for that and then Toby last but not least obviously uh, you're a man of God you're a man of faith and so staying close to Jesus has been essential for you in this time but what are some of the practical things that you've done or you do to help yourself as well to keep your mental health strong and when you're struggling just to sustain you too?
2: Sure. Um, just before I go into the practical part, I mean, she've just said Toby's a man of faith, man of God, but honestly, during this whole season, there are some times where I also struggled even like with, with all of that. You know, for me I've always believed that I don't have disappointments, but only blessings in disguise. Probably people close to me know that I say this a lot. But even in for me in this particular situation it was quite difficult to find a blessing in disguise. And to be honest, sometimes I didn't even want to pray. You know, I was like, you know what, God prayer today is going to be just have your way you know and and it was just that short sometimes it became more conversational actually for me it changed the way i pray um, it became more a conversation with god and also the whole word about grace became you know bigger for me because i had to also be gracious to myself and and even be forgiving to myself as well and in all of this, obviously, I just believe that God has a way of you know teaching us and and helping us to go through the seasons. So for me, practically, one thing I did was to actually let friends and family help me, um, and and just like Austin said, you know, you, we are not meant to go through things alone. I, honestly, I knew I had a wonderful family, but going through this made me even appreciate them a lot more. And you know, wonderful people even here in the church, you know, who reach out and message, and sometimes you. I had to also say to people, look, I needed you to check up on me to eat. I needed to, you know, check up on me to do this or to do that. Um, give people permission actually to. To support and to be there for you in your life. Um, For me, that was one um, important thing. I'm just gonna give like a few more, not because you know that's the rule or anything, but these are just things that helped me. Um, Another one was to actually eat properly, (laughs) Um, because you know in this whole period there's a lot of strain, there's a lot of stress, and you know good nutrition actually just helps. It it doesn't have to be rocket science, you know, (laughs) a bit of balanced diet. And another thing was actually getting active, you know, coming out, doing some sports, going to the gym, going for Walk, you know for me i really enjoy going for a walk listening to like you know worship or calm music or something like that you know for me that has been very helpful another thing if you can is a bit of traveling just changing environment you know just getting out of everything and you know going to somewhere new where you can just be with yourself obviously if you can travel abroad great if you can't just go to the next town (laughs) um and then for me last and not the least is actually listening to motivation and faith-filled messages. Um, For me, I think this was probably the thing that helped me from not going crazy (laughs) during that whole period. It's literally like daily reminder of who you are, daily reminder of, you know, the love of Christ, daily reminder that you're not walking through this alone because there's so many questions that you don't have answers to. And having to kind of... Be okay with not knowing everything not understanding everything required really faith in god that he has it under control because you don't i mean for me most of the times i didn't so it was really trusting in god in that period and listening to these messages over and over again almost on a daily basis you find out you know probably now i don't listen to it as much as i was listening to it then but it kind of gets deep into you and kind of gives you the strength to keep going now it doesn't mean that there are no challenges but through all this, God has given me peace and the strength to kind of overcome every storm that I face.
0: Thank you. Thank you guys so much for everything you've shared. Um, I wonder if you're in here and you're part of where you're part of this church. I wonder if you just stand to your feet. I want to pray for these guys. Um, we're gonna pray for you in a minute. But I I know and appreciate just from speaking to them this week. Um God's certainly not done with them and he's still working with them through their story but how much it takes to stand on a stage and be really honest and vocal about that and I know it will have really helped some of you guys. So I'm going to pray but if you're a person of faith in Jesus I want you to pray and add your faith to this prayer as well for these three. Um, I think it's massive that we acknowledge the whole part of ourselves right we're a mental uh, a mental lots of cheese no we've got mental health uh, spiritual health emotional health all those things our physical health are all interconnected but we believe in the midst of that God can renew every single part of us Um, and that's kind of where we end today knowing that no matter if things are good bad or somewhere in the middle God is here he's present and he's right in the midst so Join me as we pray for these guys. Um, And so, Lord, I thank you so much for Anya, for Austin, and for Toby. God, I thank you for their vulnerability today. God, for their openness to share their story. God, even even in the midst of the pain and not having every answer to every question, God, I pray that their words, their story would... um, be a blessing and encouragement and and a hope to people in here today and to people who hear their voices god to know not just that you've been with them but jesus that you are with us all all the time that your presence is real and tangible and that no matter where we are with our mental health god that you never leave us or forsake us god i pray you bless them encourage them god your word says that As we refresh others, we're refreshed. And so I pray, God, that you would refresh them in every way. God, if there's any drought, if there's any part of them that is dry, God, would you refresh them and restore them? God, we thank you for who they are here now and to us as way as well. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for sharing with us. Um. You guys can stay standing. We're going to sing, and we're going to worship together by singing in a minute. But every single week, we will always, always give an opportunity for people who don't know, don't yet know Jesus, to respond to Him in a real way. You know, we we could all probably sit up here and share our own story, uh, the highs, lows, the pain, um, the differences when we meet Jesus, who is the Savior. It doesn't mean that we are free of pain necessarily anymore it doesn't mean that absolutely everything is put into place but it does mean he is with us he never leaves us and when we understand his freedom and his truth it transforms every single part of us Um, even if we're waiting for a healing or a breakthrough and so i'm going to pray in a minute and i'm going to ask with every head bowed in a minute in fact you can do that now just out of respect to one another if you could bow your heads in here I'm looking around there's a team a response team who will be looking around too just to have a moment and just to say if you are in here and you're like okay that was that was great to hear or but actually you can see that there's something more than just a nice gathering here today you can see that the reason we gather is because our lives have been transformed by Jesus Christ that we've come to know him and God sent him to earth so he could live fully God, fully man, crucified for the things we did wrong, even though he was perfect, and take on our sin and our shame so that we might live free. So that we might have fullness of life and not only life now, but life in the time to come, right? Eternal life. And so if that's you, I'm just gonna ask you to do something really brave and we're not gonna drag it out is just to pop your hand in the air, just leave it up for a couple of seconds just so our response team can see you and pop it da- back down. If you're in here and you're saying, do you know what, I don't know Jesus, I wanna know him for the first time or maybe in my past I've walked with him but I've fallen away. Would you do that just now? Would you just pop your hand up and put it back down? I don't wanna embarrass you. You know, we, there's a people, a room full of people in here who are towards you, they care, they're praying their own prayers. If, if that's you, pop your hand up and put it back down. Thank you. Anybody else before we pray? You wanna respond to Jesus today, maybe for the first time. If not, we're gonna pray and we're gonna move on. Amazing, okay. Father, I thank you, God, that um, in the midst of wherever we are right now, God, in, in health, God, in sickness, God, maybe in doubt or in faith, God, wherever we stand, God, I thank you that you see every part of us. You know every part of us, and yet you love us completely. And because of your son, Jesus, we have been set free. God, that we can know fullness of life. And God, I I just want to pray for those that have responded to your love for the first time today. Would you just do a divine exchange? God, would you take the broken, the hurting, all of those things, and would you replace them with your grace, your mercy, and your truth? Holy Spirit, would you arrive here in this room today? Would you arrive in the lives of these people in a new way? God, that they would see and receive your grace by faith, knowing that you are with them. God, that you've forgiven them and you want to walk with them, that you have a plan for their life. God, we thank you that when you meet with us, we will never be the same again. God, I pray that we would trust you. God, for those who've come to know you today, that they would walk with you with confidence and boldness, not out of their own attitude, but by a work of the Holy Spirit. Our counselor, our companion, our advocate, all those amazing things. And it's in your name we ask. Amen. Amen. We're going to worship today. We're going to sing together. Um, if you did respond to Jesus this morning, uh, Hannah, right at the end, will just tell you um, about the response team and how that will work. Thank you.